you have your Bible that you're using this morning, turn to Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Or if you have the church app, you can press the Bible open there or just open the sermon notes and press the blue scriptures there and it'll open up for you. Matthew chapter 4 and verses 1 through 11. There used to be a, uh, a brokerage investment company called E.F. Hutton. How many of you have ever heard that name before, E.F. Hutton? Well, most everybody has. And if you remember uh, E.F. Hutton, you remember that they had this commercial that just kind of got a hold of everybody. Most everybody knew who E.F. Hutton was, and it was caused this one commercial. And it would be a commercial about maybe a party setting or a big group of people, and they're talking, and different people are in different groups talking, and somebody will say, well, my investment broker is E.F. Hutton. And then suddenly, all the noise would stop, all the faces and the ears would turn, and it would all be focused on this person who said, my brokerage investment person is E.F. Hutton. And the reason there was all silence was that E.F. Hutton's slogan was, when E.F. Hutton speaks, people listen. And the whole premise behind that was that E.F. Hutton was such a good investment firm that if they had a tip or something that you might should invest in, then everybody was listening because they were going to take action on it. It just wasn't that they just wanted to hear what they had to say, but they wanted to hear what the investment recommendation was so that they could take that same investment. And you don't hear a lot about E.F. Hutton because over a period of time, they became part of Citigroup. So it's kind of been merged into other organizations and different things have changed. But most people who ever heard that commercial remembers that statement, when E.F. Hutton speaks, people listen. And the reason they listen is because they're going to take action on what they hear. In the scripture that we're looking at today, there's three times that three words are mentioned. It is written. And those three times, Jesus makes that statement, it is written. And it's kind of like when Jesus says, it is written, it's kind of like he's saying, well, God says. And just like when E.F. Hutton was spoken, all ears were turned. That's the way it should be when we hear, well, God says. It's like silence. Listen. Because you want to hear what God has to say because you know that you need to take action on it. When God says something or when it is written in God's word, we need to listen to it and take action based on what we have heard. When you came in this morning, you may have seen a a sign out there that said, In God We Trust. And if you have your bulletin this morning, you'll see on the front of that, In God We Trust. If you were to reach into your pocket or your pocketbooks or your billfolds and pull out coins or ones or tens or whatever you may have, if you pulled out those coins, you would look at it and you would see that statement, In God We Trust. If you pulled out those bills and flipped it over on the backside, you would see, In God We Trust. And just like E.F. Hutton had that statement of, when he speaks, people listen. We as a country have put that on our our currency to say, we as a nation, it is in God we trust. And isn't it kind of ironic that in reality, when we look in the world in general, that which has that printed on it, the substance it's printed on is where most people put their trust. In monetary, in currency in finances rather than in in trust in God. Well, this morning I want us to look at Matthew chapter 4 and verses 1 through 11. See what it is that Jesus says it is written or what God says or where we should listen and take action. 
And as we look at these scriptures, we'll see it's a situation where Jesus has been led into the wilderness and he's being tempted. And then the lesson that we'll learn from this is about overcoming temptation and what should motivate us. Now, a lot of times people look at these scriptures and they see it as Jesus pulling out scriptures, which he does each time that uh, the devil tempts him, and that we're reminded that the way to overcome temptation is based on God's word and what God's word says. But I saw something that God began to reveal to me that I hadn't really seen in the past when God spoke to me about these scriptures about overcoming temptation, and that is the reality that it's not always how to overcome a temptation, but it's why to overcome a temptation. You see, how will give you the means of doing it, the action, but it really won't last, and it really won't make as much impact on you unless you know the why to do it. It's kind of that true in most everything that we do, you know. I could say, okay, here's how you lose weight, but unless you have a why to lose weight, it won't mean much to you. I could tell you how to do different things, but if there's not a why behind it, if there's not a motivation, then you may not ever do the how. And so the why, the motivation, I think is what really we need to capture in these scriptures that motivates us of why we should overcome temptations that Satan brings into our life. So let's look at this in Matthew chapter 4 and verses 1 through 11. And I'm going to read this out of the New King James translation. And as we read these scriptures, understand that Jesus is going through something that the Bible says the Spirit led him into, which means that God the Father, through the work of the Holy Spirit, is leading Jesus into a temptatious situation to reveal some truths to us. And that is the how and the why to overcome temptation. And it's at a point that God puts him at that is at a very low point in his life. He is in the wilderness for 40 days without food, without anything to eat. And if we were to read the different accounts in the scriptures from Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we'd see that not only is he led in the wilderness, and not only is he in there for 40 days, but it says in one translation or one area of scripture says, among the wild beasts. So he's not just out there and he's in a situation where he's hungry and there's no way of getting any food around him, but he's encountering challenges that are fighting against him. So he's a person who is weak, and yet he's having to fight off that which would try to take advantage of him. So he's at a point that many people are in their life when temptations come, a low point where you're struggling and where attacks are coming at you. And is that when attacks usually come at your life when you're at the lowest? Temptations come when you're at the lowest point in your life? Let's read this in uh, Matthew chapter 4. It says, And Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. And to that we would say, yeah. You know, we go about four hours without food and I'm starving. Danny, amen's that, yeah. Danny's thinking, could you move this message along? I'm getting hungry right now. Just talking about being hungry. So Jesus, for 40 days, he is not only hungry, but he is, my son uses this expression when he's very hungry, he said, I feel like my stomach's eating itself. Think about that a little bit. Everything's turning within. And so Jesus would be that point that he felt like his stomach is eating itself. He is starving. And verse 3 says, now when the tempter came to him, and that tempter is Satan, the devil, 
He said, if you are the Son of God, now here's where it really comes in, and that is, uh, <laughs> you say you're the Son of God, well, let's, let's get down to business here, and let's see if this is really true. He said, command that these stones become bread. But Jesus answered him and said, it is written. There's those three words, it is written. It's like Jesus saying, well, God says. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Many of us would hear that at that point of starvation in our life and say, yeah, but ain't got to have bread to live. goes on to say in verse 5, when the devil took him up into the holy city, he set him on the pinnacle of the temple and he said, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And then Jesus said to him, it is written, again, God says, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. I don't know if any of you grew up kind of like uh, I was. I, I grew up a dad that was a daredevil, and I had that in my veins, and so I always loved doing daredevil things. And even when I was young and would help my dad uh, doing things up on the roof or stuff, we'd have a ladder to climb up, but instead of climbing down the ladder, I'd just jump off the building. It might be, you know, 12, 15 feet up in the air. But I thought my legs were like shock absorbers, so I thought that would just be kind of fun. So I'd do those things. So I read these scriptures, and I'm thinking... What kind of temptation is that? I mean, I've jumped off lots of buildings, pretty high heights. It's not that big of a deal. Now, this, if you went up here, you know, this would be a pretty good challenge to jump off. It would kind of test you. But I, I believe I could, when I was younger, I could have jumped off of that. But then I made the trip to Israel, and I saw Jerusalem and how it was built up on a hillside and how that they built the temple in the very corner of the city. And the temple was built where the pinnacle of the temple would be in that corner. And at the corner of that hillside was where it dropped down into the valley. And in that valley were stones that were all around there. And suddenly these scriptures took on new meaning. This wasn't dropping off 10, 15 feet. This was like a 50-foot plunge to your death. And I look at that and I say, oh, I can see why the devil was trying to put that big temptation there. Then it goes on to verse 8. Again, the devil took him up on an exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. Basically, the devil took him up to a place where he could see all the wealth and all the possessions and all the regalness of having everything under your power. And here's Jesus. He's in starvation. And he said in verse 9, he said to him, All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. And verse 10 says, and Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan. For it is written, again, God says, you shall, not worship the, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. And then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. And one of the things that's key about this verse 11, I think that even as we dig into this this morning, that you need to remember, and that is, temptations are usually for a season. They're a period of time. They're not like... It's going to be going on and on and on. You know, sometimes when we're in a struggle, remember Jesus was at a low point in his life. He was struggling when this temptation came. And a lot of times when we're at a low point in our life and we're struggling, whether it's struggling financially or whether it's struggling in uh, the way that we're trying to move our life forward and overcoming some things or whether it's a struggle in relationships with other people, when we're at those low points, then that's when it comes and we're hit with temptations. 
But the Bible says the angels came and ministered to Jesus, which is a reminder. Matter of fact, as you read those three different areas in the Scriptures, it tells us in the way that it's wording that it was for a season. Satan left. Temptation struggles in our life. At that moment, it seems like it's never going to end, but they're always for a season. And it's a reminder to us that the Lord does send ministering angels to minister to us when we're faithful to Him. Now, as we look at these scriptures and we think about overcoming temptation, I said it's not only the how. We look at these scriptures and we see the how that Jesus did three different times, didn't He? That was He went to God's Word and He said, here's what God's Word says, and I'm standing on that. That was the how. We talked about that some last week, that you need to learn, wherever you have temptations in your life, learn what God's Word says about those areas of your life so that you can become stronger, and when temptations come, you can resist those. But in these Scriptures, we learn also the why. Jesus knew the Scriptures, but He had a why that motivated Him to overcome every one of those three temptations. And that motivation was kind of be summarized in this. Because he wanted to please God and be obedient to him. I just, I believe that you just kind of summarize what Jesus was presenting to us in that one statement. Because I want to please God, I want to be obedient to him, and I want to live out the life that he has designed for me to do. That's the motivation. But there's three areas that that motivation hit. You see, you got to decide in your own personal life that you want to please God and you want to be obedient to Him and you want to live according to His Word and that it's more important than satisfying your physical needs. You see, if you look at your notes there, you'll see the number one thing that we have to remember about pleasing God and being obedient to Him is that it's more important than satisfying your physical needs. You see, in verses 3 through 4, the first temptation is that Satan puts before the, the Lord, and that is, you see these stones out here? Here's an opportunity. That's really what the devil's doing. Here's an opportunity before you. Take these stones, turn them into bread, and all the hunger pains are gone, and your physical need will be met and satisfied right now. But Jesus, in his response to Satan, reveals that his motivation to please God and be obedient to him was more important than satisfying his physical need at that moment. And there's no doubt that any of us would agree if you've been 40 days without food, you definitely would be hungry and in need of something to eat. And so we could have looked at that and say, well, I can understand why he would want to step up and turn those stones into bread so that he would have something to eat. But the opportunity was there that Satan was just trying to get Jesus on his terms. And his level. The same way we encounter in our lives many times, and that is that Satan brings temptations even when we have some physical needs in our life, and he'll hit us when we're weak, just like he did Jesus, when we're low, when we're feeling kind of beat up, when we're tired of struggling, we're ready for this to be over, and an opportunity comes. Isn't it amazing how that usually happens? You got a physical need. Just kind of imagine any type of physical need. Maybe you're thinking, you know, I'm needing to buy my kids some new clothes for school starts back. I need a new backpack for them. I need different things for them. And an opportunity comes that you can kind of put your Christian standards aside, that you can kind of do a little something that's against God's word. Maybe it's uh, cheat a little bit on your hours that you turn in on your time to your employer. Maybe it's an opportunity that, uh, you know, maybe there's something that is 
there at the company that nobody's using, nobody will never miss it, and you could take it and you could use it, and it would it'd be to your advantage financially. You can meet some physical needs. Temptations come, and the opportunities reveal themselves, don't they? Physical needs, and for that moment you're thinking, I, I, I need diapers for the kids. I had a person that I was talking with one time, and they, uh, they had came by the church and was needing some help financially, and we were talking through their life, and they had just got out of jail. And so we were talking about things spiritually and talking about why they, went, why they had ended up in jail and ended up that they had stolen some stuff at a store. And I will never forget, they told me, said, I didn't have any diapers. I needed some diapers for the baby. I shouldn't have done it, but I needed some diapers. Physical need, right? Wrong steps to get there. Temptation came. They were in a store, thought nobody could see them, didn't realize cameras were on them. The temptation came to meet a physical need. They gave in to it at that moment, and it ended up making it much worse than that moment of needing diapers. You see, it's hard to put diapers on a baby when you're in jail, isn't it? And the devil doesn't reveal those things. He gives us the opportunities that show up in our life, and we think, this one time won't hurt. I have a need. The opportunity shows up to meet a physical need, but he doesn't tell you how it's going to be in being disobedient to God and what the results are going to come. So Jesus tells us right here, it's more important to please God and be obedient to him, and in the end it's more rewarding if we just do what's right because it's more important than satisfying my physical needs. There may be somebody in here today that you got some physical needs in your life, and Satan has already presented some temptations to you. But I want you to remember that story about that person who took something just to get some diapers for the kid, and it made it a whole lot worse. The second thing that I see from these scriptures that's revealed to us that it's more important to please God and be obedient to Him than it is to step out and to prove ourselves. You see, if you look at verses 5 through 7, the Bible tells us that Satan took him up there on the pinnacle of the temple. He said, all right, if you're the son of God, here's what the Bible says. And we know that from, we can look at Genesis and we can see from the very beginning, the devil is good at taking Scripture and twisting it up, isn't it? I, I couldn't tell you how many times over the years that I have counseled with people and dealt with people and they bring out, well, you know, the Bible says this. Uh-huh, you're taking it all out of context, too. You're twisting it to your own, your own particular situation. Let's look at it from a truth perspective of what God is truly saying, and we go back and look at it that way, and it looks at a whole different. But here Satan was taking scriptures, and he was twisting it all up, and he said, all right, you know, the Bible says that if you throw yourself off, and angels will come and minister to you. So here, prove yourself. And it's a point that Jesus could have stepped off and proved himself. Angels would have come and ministered to him, but he would have lowered himself to the Satan's level. Isn't that word the devil wants us to get, isn't it? He wants to lower us to his level to prove ourselves. And proving ourselves can be come from all different directions. Maybe it's you've uh, maybe you've missed some promotions at work, and maybe you haven't got opportunities that somebody else got, and you think, hey. I'll do so-and-so. That'll prove who I am. 
Maybe you're a young person and maybe there's somebody that you feel like you're in love with and they think, hey, if you love me, you're going to have sex with me. Prove yourself. All these things the devil does to lower us at his level to prove, prove yourself who you are, prove yourself to somebody else. But every time, it's moving us down to a lower level. It's kind of unique that the devil took the Lord up to the highest point of the pinnacle of the temple. But in reality, he was trying to move Jesus down to the lowest part of his standards, wasn't he? And that's usually what the devil does when he wants us to prove ourselves. Prove ourselves to our employer, prove ourselves to a boyfriend, a girlfriend, prove ourselves to someone else in some way. But what the devil's trying to do is actually get us to lower our standards. But Jesus proved this. It was more important to him to please God and be obedient to him than it was to step out and prove himself to the devil. <laughs> and you know, when you think about it, when you prove yourself to the devil, you're always proving yourself wrong, aren't you? The third thing I see here in this verses 8 through 10, where the devil took him and he said, Took him up on the mountain. He said, I'm going to give you all this. And basically the devil is saying, I'll give you success and prosperity. But Jesus revealed that it was more important to please God and be obedient to him than it was to have any success or any prosperity. But the devil is very good at doing that today, that he will put situations in our life to say, hey, you could be more successful if you just do this. Or I could give you some prosperity in your life if you just, you know, all you got to do is just, you know, stay out of church for a little while and, and do these things and you'll get ahead a little better in life. It's just temporary. The devil always makes things as temporary, doesn't he? And temporary always becomes long-lasting. I remember a, uh, an evangelistic singer that used to go around and he used to make this statement. Matter of fact, he wrote a song that he used to sing and he said in this song, don't you listen very carefully, sin will take you further than you want to go, leave you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. I will never forget that song that he used to sing. I think it was Bobby Peoples that used to do that. Sin will take you further than you want to go. It'll last longer than you want it to last. And it'll cost you more than you want to pay. Here the devil said, look at all this that I can offer you if you'll just bow down and worship me. And the devil is very good in the area of, you know, I said that we have on our coins, on the front of the uh, coins, it says, in God we trust. On the money, if you flip it on the back, it says, in God we trust. And yet it's kind of, that's where, in the very substance that it's printed on, is the very thing that many people struggle with, even in the struggle of finances and God. In the area of just, get, matter of fact, uh, in our Life in the Word class, uh, it was about the widow who gave the two what we call the widow's mites, two little coins that many people kind of relate. It was such a small value of the coin. It would be like two pennies today just to kind of put it into some type of proportion. And it was been what she would have probably used just to buy some bread. And there were people who were coming in the temple and they were giving large amount. And then she came in and she put all she had was those two little widow's mites that would have been very insignificant. And Jesus said, look at that, what she gave. The other people gave out of their abundance, but she gave sacrificially. She gave all that she had. She gave to carry on the work of God. And it's in that very area that Satan a lot of times will bring temptations. I've had people that have come and talked to me in different things where they've struggled and even missed giving to God. 
And sometimes the devil will come and give a temptation to you of even your tithes that you give to God and say, you know what, you got some bills to pay right now, so just God will understand, don't give that right now and use it for pay the bills. Or, you know, don't give that right now. If you don't give that, you can make that payment or that down payment on the car that you've been wanting or that house you've been wanting to buy. And the devil brings those temptations. And again, it's always just temporary, but it becomes long-lasting. There was a lady one time that came to me and she said, I just want to tell you something. She said, I haven't, I haven't tithed in 15 years. Well, when she started that statement, I'm thinking, where is this going to go? She said, but I started back. And she told me, as she said, uh, she said, I started back. God convicted me of that. And she said, uh, there's a bonus that I usually get each year. And she told me how much it usually was. She said, this year it was 10 times what it normally is. And she said, I know it's because I started doing what I was supposed to have been doing the whole time. But you know, the devil puts it as, this will meet a physical need right now, or this will just be temporary. But the Lord tells us that he will supply all our needs according to his riches and glory. He also tells us he'll open up the windows of heaven. But yet the devil comes with these temptations. And when I look at these scriptures, Jesus tells us how we can overcome those temptations. And that is, just go to God's word and just do what God's word says. But I believe that the real important thing that God wants us to get this morning is the motivation. You see, you may know how, but if you don't have the motivation, you're not going to do it, will you? You may know how to lose weight, but if you don't have the motivation to lose weight, you won't do it. You may want a six-pack, but if you're not willing to do what it takes, you may want to be able to have a nicer-looking yard, and you know that if I do this, that, and that, it'll look good, but you just don't want to get out there and sweat to do it. We usually know the hows, it's the why that we struggle with. And Jesus reveals to us in these three temptations, whether it's physical needs or proving yourself or prosperity in your life, that when those temptations come in those areas, you better be solid on this reality. The most important thing for me is to please God and be obedient to Him no matter what the temptation. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a moment. And as they come to get a song ready this morning, I don't know where everybody is in their life, but I just about could guarantee you that there's been someone in here that's been struggling over some physical needs. And if the devil hasn't already done it, he's going to bring a temptation to get you to be in some way disobedient to God. There may be somebody in here that maybe some things have come about that Maybe it's someone that's asking something of you that you feel like you need to prove yourself or maybe you've been overlooked in some way and you feel like you've got to prove yourself. But to prove yourself, you're going to have to let down your standards, lower yourself to a lower level. And you've got to decide, is it more important to prove yourself or be obedient to God and please Him? There may be some folks in here that you've been tempted in the area of where there could be something a little more prosperous for you. Gain a little more income. Have a little more to take care of some bills or get something you've been wanting. But to do it, you're going to have to give in to a temptation and be disobedient to God. And here Jesus reveals to us. He always went to the scripture and it said, it is written or God says. But his whole motivation was I want to please God and be obedient to him. And I want to ask you this morning, 
Isn't it about time you made a decision to overcome some temptations in your life so that you can please God and be obedient to Him? Isn't it time that you overcome a temptation in your life so that you can be a better person for yourself, for your spouse, for your family? Isn't it about time to overcome those temptations that devil's putting in your life that's going to end up ruining things for you? And just make the decision, I want to be pleasing to God and be obedient to Him, and that is my motivation. Lord, I come to you this morning, and God, I don't know where everybody is, and some may be some struggling, some physical needs, or maybe it's some area that somebody has tempted them to prove themselves or prove themselves to them. Maybe it's been in some areas of prosperity and meeting some financial needs. But temptations come when we feel like we're low and beat up. Jesus was the ultimate example of being at a low point in his life, being beat up physically, mentally, emotionally. He had some battles. I don't think it was by accident that it says that he was among the wild beast, facing some scary situations. But yet the Lord showed us, if you want to overcome temptation, your motivation has got to be, I'm just going to be obedient to God, do what God's Word says, and try to please Him. And I'm going to trust God. In God we trust. Four words, in God we trust. And yet it's stamped on the thing that we struggle the most with. And want to trust it more than we do God. Lord, I just pray that today we would truly put ourselves in a situation that we got some motivation to overcome. And for some people, it may be that what really struck a chord with them wasn't about being obedient to God as much as it was, I just need to be a better person. I need to be better for my spouse. I need to be better for my family. I need to set a better example. I need to bring better blessings into their lives and into our household. I need something better for myself than what I've been living. And if I just put myself centered around pleasing God, things are going to be better. Maybe that's the motivation. Just the motivation to be better for their family. Lord, I pray that whatever you need to do to, to get somebody where they need to be, to overcome the temptations and the weaknesses and the struggles in their life, Lord, I pray that you do it today. And Lord, I, I don't feel like you've led me to ask people to raise their hand that they're struggling with a temptation. But Lord, they know if they are. And I just believe in my heart because of how you begin to speak to me that there's some, been some people that have faced some temptations this week and they're struggling with it. They, some may have even made the decision before they came today that they were going to go ahead and take some action in a certain area. But yet today, you found them right where they were and you confronted them. And Lord, I'm just praying that today they make the choice and the decision to please you, be obedient to you, and just do what your word says. And in the end, it's going to be much better for them. And Lord, we're going to give you praise and honor and glory for all that you do. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.